Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Paul Blackthorn. I play Captain Quentin Lance on that TV show Arrow. And you are listening to DC Primetime on Next Level. Enjoy. Happy Memorial Day, everybody, and welcome to issue 19 of DC Primetime. Uh, from the showcast on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from Captain Crew, I am Rob Martin. And once again, as I mentioned, happy Memorial Day. We are into Memorial Day weekend, which also happens to be finale week for the two remaining shows that we discuss, namely The Flash and Arrow. Uh, so let's jump right into things. And let's go into this week's bullet points where we give each show our ranking of sidekick, hero, or legend. Uh, Starting off first with the season finale of The Flash, season two, episode 23. Uh, Pretty much, I know where we're going with this, but Rob, we'll start with you. What is your rating of this week? I'm definitely going legend for Flash. Yeah, uh, no question about it. Absolutely fantastic finale. Uh, And, of course, the other one that we have is Arrow, Season 4, Episode 23, the season finale. And, Rob, we'll send it over to you for this one. Uh, For this one, I had a hard call on this, but I'm going to go sidekick this week. Oh, man, I'm telling you, that gets one of the few we've ever given in this one, and I was close. But I am going to give this one a hero. Very low-end hero, but it's going to be a hero. Uh, for that. But uh, now jumping forward into the secret origins where, of course, we break down each episode and we go over the highs, the lows and such. Uh, And I think, uh, to be fair, uh, we're going to start with the negative this week, uh, if that's all right with you. We're going to go Arrow first and then follow up with The Flash. I think that's the best bet. Okay. Uh, Oh, but also before we do that, too, as well, uh, at the end of our uh, Secret Origins, we are also going to dive into Rebirth a little bit, which was one which was the uh, the big DC comic release this week. We don't usually do comics on this podcast, but because it was so big, uh, such a big release. uh, And Rob and I know I have both read it. We're going to dive into that. We'll spend a couple minutes on that as well towards the end of the podcast. Uh, But starting off first with Arrow Season 4, Episode 23, titled Schism. Oliver teams up with a surprising force in an attempt to stop Damian Dark and his magic once and for all. Uh, I want to start with that because I know this is something we had talked about last week and we kind of predicted this. But the words a surprising force... Uh, I was really bummed about that because we had mentioned last week that if the surprising force is going to turn out to be Malcolm Merlin, then uh, it's going to be a big disappointment. And lo and behold, who's the surprising force this time around? It's Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, it's, again, it, it's it's <sighs> what we were really worried about last week. It, it, there's so many predictable things about this episode, and it's one of the biggest disappointments. But, I mean, I, I said that last week. Malcolm is going to do whatever he has to do to survive, whether it's teaming up with Team Arrow, whether it's teaming up with Damian Dark. Obviously, this time around, he saw he had a better chance with Team Arrow. So, of course, he's going to team up with Team Arrow. That's what Malcolm does. So, it, it, a surprising force in Malcolm, it's not a surprising force. We saw that coming. 
that like we saw that when he was helping Thea escape um, uh, Tabit Noah. It's it's or whatever I think is it Tabit or Talbot. I don't remember. I think it's like Tabat Noah or, something or Tabat like that. Noah. That you're yeah. you're right. It's Tabat Noah. Um, but we saw that already. We saw that coming. Uh, so I mean, but the other argument could be made that the surprising force is the people of Star City. Um, I have to admit, this is kind of weird because this is our second attempt at recording this podcast. So yeah, <laughs> we're actually we're we're talking about this stuff again. So it's a little deja vu for us. We realize you're hearing it for the first time, but it's it's kind of weird for us to basically repeat this entire conversation. Um, but it, you know, going into that a little bit, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, that it, if it's the people of Star City that they're referring to, that really wasn't that big of a deal either. Yeah, I, I mean, it, the whole situation was just bizarre. I mean, the entire I think the entire episode, I just feel like they were lost. They, they were just completely lost in the woods, I think, from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I, I realize we're 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 probably in a lot of this conversation. We're going to be jumping more towards the end of the episode rather than the beginning. And that's really because. There wasn't a lot in the beginning of the episode to really focus on. Uh, you know, obviously, they, they figured out how to stop um, – uh, what's it called? The, the program uh, – The Rubicon system. The Rubicon system. See, that shows you how little this episode had an impact on me because I'm forgetting things that they've been talking about for episodes. And I don't really remember. But, you know, they figured out a way to stop Rubicon. Obviously, the, the episode starts with Damien Dark uh, grabbing Felicity's mother – uh, and threatening her, and that's the way that he gets Felicity to to help um, basically put the kibosh and whatever they did and, and restart Rubicon again so that they can launch the nukes. Um, but, I mean, there's really not a lot of things that happen in the beginning of this episode that have too much of an impact uh, on the end of this episode. You literally could have skipped to the end of this episode, and it would have had the same exact impact as watching the, the entire episode. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the big kind of major moment of this episode was, like, you know, it was this Oliver giving his speech to this, to the city as, you know, they were 30 minutes away from a nuclear strike on Star City. Yeah. Um, and I know one of the things that bothered me about that um, is the fact that, you know, leading up to that whole big speech where Oliver jumps up on the car and he's addressing the city, he's kind of rioting, you know, they're smashing windows and, and you know, taking things and trying to get out of the city. Oliver's the one that goes up onto the car and he gives them this big speech. But leading up to that, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, oh God, see, again, I'm blanking on names. It's uh, Curtis, it, you know, is the one that kind of inspires Oliver to give him the speech. But in Curtis's speech, he mentions how the Green Arrow was the one that inspired him all these times to stick to the city and stay to the city and protect the city that they're, that is their home. So, uh, you know, this whole time I'm hearing this, I'm thinking, this is going to be great. We're going to see another, you know, Green Arrow speech. Green Arrow is going to come out of the shadows and he's going to address the city or he's going to be on TV and he's going to address the city. And then it's Oliver Queen. So that didn't make much sense to me at all. Yeah, I mean, I like I said um... – when we attempted our first round of this, I kind of brought up like, um, you know, it, it it mimicked season three when he returned kind of from his death at the hands of Rachel Ghoul. Um, you know, but now again, it's this season has been very much big, uh, big about him trying to become mayor. And this is kind of him as Oliver being the person that's inspiring, you know, the city. And, you know, I, I do agree that I did kind of expect it to be Arrow kind of like leading the charge. But 
he's kind of shown as Oliver this season that he's inspiring hope in the citizens of Star City. So it does make sense that they did it that way. Um, I, I think it's unfortunate, though, that it does kind of feel like a bit of a retread. Yeah, I mean, and it's I can understand Oliver being the one to make the speech. It's you know, it's one of those things that, you know, obviously the way the season ends with Oliver becoming the interim mayor, uh, it was a big step towards that being able to happen because that's what they mentioned. You know, your speech gave people a lot of people hope. This is why we're making you the interim mayor. So I can understand why it was Oliver. But what didn't it was almost like a little mismatched as to. You know, Curtis saying Arrow was the one that inspired people, but now Oliver's the one giving the speech. I think that moment could have been corrected a little bit had it been Curtis or Diggle or somebody saying, you know, you gave people hope when you were running for mayor. This is what that city needs again. Then that speech, Oliver making the speech would have made a little more sense to me. Right. I agree. And I mean, I think it's it's them just kind of hoping that we remember what most of the season was. And it was a lot of him kind of trying to hone in who he is is Oliver Queen, not the Green Arrow. So, I mean, there's been a big heavy focus on that this season, and I think that's maybe the reason we saw what we saw. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good point as well. Um, I know, you know, again, jumping towards the end, uh, one of the things that was, I think was a big disappointment for me as well was the final battle between... Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, for a show that does amazing with its fight choreography and big action pieces and set pieces, this was very ho-hum. This very was very much reminiscent of the final battle between, you know, Malcolm and, and Ollie. You know, it, it just was kind of felt like it started quick and ended quick. Yeah. And not what you wanted or expected from, like, how much they built up Damien Dark this season. It was, like I said, it was, it, it's, they traded blows for a few moments and it wasn't this giant drawn out magic fight that you really kind of wanted it to be yeah but i mean to me that wasn't even really the big disappointment of the entire thing like i can understand you know two guys going at it hand in hand you know hand-to-hand combat what bothered me the most about this was the fact that you know earlier on in the season we saw that oliver was able to stand up to damian dark because the hope of felicity gave him i guess a positive magic to kind of counter or to kind of equal Damien Dark's negative magic. So, you know, with the negative magic of tens of thousands of people, uh, you know, 60 or 70 people from Star City give Oliver enough hope to to not only uh, equal Damien Dark, but somehow completely get rid of the tens of thousands of people that he absorbed to get as powerful as he was like something about this wasn't equaling out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's you have a crowd of sixty people inspiring hope and Ollie, and the, yeah, that doesn't match ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth of all this, and it just felt weird that it was just kind of like, hey, this tiny little crowd around them that's, you know, wants to stand up to Dark is enough to rally all of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that it was that very much over top, you know, good will always triumph kind of feeling, and it it just felt kind of weak sauce. I mean, I didn't really like how that panned out. I mean, you you could kind of argue that it wasn't just those 60 or 70 people. It was the it was all of Star City was inspired by Oliver and that gave him hope. I mean, it, you could kind of but that's a weak argument to be yeah. honest. It, yeah, unfortunately, I think it, it it's again something that they really needed to do a lot more with and they just didn't. Yeah, but it's and it also doesn't explain the fact that somehow it took away Damian Dark's powers. 
Right. Like it, early on in this in this season, we saw that it gave Oliver powers, not took away Damien's. So how is it now that all of a sudden this is taking away Damien Dark's powers and not giving Ollie power? Like I was expecting Oliver to have, you know, somehow through the hope of the city, if that's what it, the argument is, a, a magic, a positive magic to equal Damien's. And we were going to get this big blown out magic battle between these two guys. And that's not what we got at all. No. I mean, like I said, when when you saw, you know, that, that arrow strike where he got that little scratch across his cheek, and I'm like, how is he human? Like, not like just mortal and with no powers now. It just really, you looked at it and scratched your head, and you're like, what are they doing? Again, and it was just bizarre. Yeah. Again, that's the best way I can put that to fight. It was just bizarre. And I had a I had a conversation with another friend of mine, too, after the episode aired, and I I very jokingly uh, compared it to how the Ghostbusters used the Statue of Liberty to break the shell of the museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ghostbusters too. That. And that's kind of what it is. It's like it's so ridiculous and it's not explained, but somehow it worked. And yeah, but, it just, it, but it didn't work. That's you just needed the crowd in the background singing your love is lifted me higher. That's yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, it was, you know, it. I, I just didn't like how everything panned out. The only reason I gave this episode a hero and uh, again, this is our second go around to doing this, but I'm, you know, again, we'll, we'll compare notes on this. Uh, I like the way the episode ended with everybody leaving and, you know, Oliver becoming interim mayor and such. I know the mayor part of it is going to be a big part of season five, but with everything else, you know, everybody leaving the arrow cave with the exception of Felicity. And I know Felicity's, a big issue everybody has is, well, with everybody leaving, why didn't Felicity leave? Or if anybody was going to stay behind, why did it have to be Felicity? You know, because Felicity has been a big focus of this of this season, sometimes more so than Oliver. So, uh, but one of the things that I liked about the end of the way this episode ended was it almost gives this show a clean slate going into season five. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a very much a restart point completely. But yeah, that's it, what this season was. I mean, it was him coming back as Green Arrow, not Arrow. It was supposed to be a clean a clean slate, a fresh start. But now it's just kind of like, you know, it, again, we're, we're retreading same territory just from a different angle. I mean, one of the things that you saw out there on like things like Reddit and all when people were talking about this is this really kind of mirrored the end of season three with Ollie and Felicity leaving and now everybody else leaves and they stay. So it's an absolute actual mirror of how last season ended. And I don't think that's a good point to draw from because a lot of people didn't like how last season ended doing it. The opposite of that doesn't make it easier or better. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things too, one of the arguments by, you know, midway through season three also was that the show got a little too dark. Um, you know, so I mean, it, to me, uh, the way I look at season four is is like this: by the end of season three, he's no longer the arrow; he's he's accepting s- the green arrow mantle into season four. Uh, season four is him literally and f- you know, figurative, figuratively and literally battling the dark. I mean, it's you know, they said the show got too dark, so guess what? We're gonna battle the dark in season four, and the villain's name happens to be dark it's damian dark so i'm liking the fact that you know now going into season five the dark has been defeated i think we're going to see a much lighter tone going into season five at least this is what i hope you know because with this being the reset button now we can bring in what needs to be done we can eliminate and get rid of all of the negativeness of the show things that people didn't like we can bring back who we want to bring back we can make this team what it's supposed to be we can make it lighter the darkness has been defeated so 
I have hope. I'm probably I'm hoping I'm not wrong about this, but I have hope for season five that the way this season ended, we can go into a as cheesy as it sounds, a brighter future for for Arrow and the rest of this show. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, like we have to like the last couple points we can hit real quick is, you know, like we see is Ollie is becoming the mayor and he's getting sworn in. Diggle's going back into the military. Uh, Quentin and Donna are leaving the city. Uh, and then we have Thea just kind of just giving up, um, thinking that, you know, her return from the Lazarus pit completely has screwed her up beyond beyond. She believes any kind of redemption. You know, she threatens to kill a child in this episode, which, you know, being Dark's child. Um, and yeah, it was just everything was all over the place. It was so all over the place. And then again, we have to go into the flashbacks real quick. Yeah. Um, what what we speculated last week was. Again, we'd see Tiana die, Ryder would die, Ollie would make a phone call, Amanda Waller would show up, and it's off to Russia. And what did we get? <laughs> exactly that. Tiana it died, was... Ryder died, Oliver makes a phone call, and it's off to Amanda Waller shows up, and it's off to Russia. It was exactly what you predicted last week. Right. And I think the only thing I, uh, you know, that I saw that was of any note in that whatsoever was they bring up the slab uh, to take the idol to. The slab being... Um, I think it's Slabside Penitentiary from the comic books, which is a supermax prison where they keep metas. So that's my guess is probably because it was usually commonly like nicknamed uh, or and referred to the slab. So I would assume that's exactly where that's going. So I'm wondering if we will see that next season, which would be kind of interesting. Um, I think that could maybe if we see them dabble in that in the flashbacks could be fun because if they do it like the comics, it kind of is a nod to the old Green Arrow movie that was in production for a long time ago, like a long, long time ago called Supermax, which was him escaping Slabside Penitentiary, getting wrongfully locked up. So maybe they'll play with that. It's possible. But again, I think both of us still agree flashbacks are unnecessary. And this season was proof that two seasons in a row, the flashbacks have achieved practically nothing. Yeah. It feels like we're seeing a more hopeful Ollie in the flashbacks than we did in present day. Yeah. Um, I know uh, we're going to talk more about season five and, you know, predictions for season five and such and, and bigger issues with with season four when we do our annual our arrow annual in a couple of weeks. Uh, but one of the things I did I did read online and I do agree with is the fact that, uh, you know, Stephen Amell has come out and said that he felt production for Arrow had been uh, had suffered a little bit because, you know, for the past couple seasons, Arrow has been the launch of another show. Uh, you know, two seasons ago, we got The Flash that was launched off of there. And now we've had Legends of Tomorrow that was launched uh, from both Arrow and Flash. Next season, there are no new shows launching. So they can focus now on Arrow. There's no other focus other than this show. Right. And I think that's I think that's going to help that show tremendously. I mean, they're still going to have crossovers. So, again, it, it makes you wonder uh, what those crossovers are going to do for the show. Uh, maybe it'll it'll bring it into like a more dramatic dramatic moment but it's a big wait and see yeah i mean and i do know as well um the only thing we know and hopefully we'll have more information on season five by the time we record the annual but uh we do know that next year's villain is not a metahuman yeah so So i think it'll be interesting to see the show kind of go back to its roots of being a little bit more grounded i mean i we i think both agree slade was still the best big bad they've had on the show and i think they need to kind of see what made season two work so wonderfully and find a way to get back to that. A little Although Damien Dark was still a pretty good big bad. He was, but it had a very unsatisfying conclusion. Yes. Yeah. The, the ending kind of ruined it for a bunch of people. 
So, uh, so with that being said, let's move on to the second episode of the week. Obviously, the more positive of the two, uh, that being the season finale of The Flash, season two, episode twenty-three, "The Race of His Life." Uh, after Zoom reveals his true plan, Barry vows to do whatever it takes to stop him. I don't even know where to start on this one because I mean, I, I guess it's just kind of a, that fast recap of obviously the episode ends with the death of Henry Allen at the hands of Zoom. Um, so Barry, you know, kind of coming to grips with the death of his mother and then immediately losing one of the most important people in his life. Yes. Um, immediately again, and which kind of sends him into a very negative spiral. You you see him very vowed for revenge. And the first half of this episode is all about him just being consumed by that, being consumed by wanting to kill Zoom. Yeah, so much so to the point where, you know, obviously Zoom comes out, he reveals, you know, that he wants to race Barry to find out who is the fastest between the two. And the terms of the race are, if Barry wins, Zoom leaves. If Barry loses, then Zoom pretty much takes over this Earth. You know, he takes over Earth 1, and they all die. Like, that's the terms of this race, is Zoom kills them all. Yeah. Um, you know, we do find out ulterior motives to Zoom's plan is that this race is to fuel a device that will literally tear a hole into the other universes because we find out also in this episode that Earth-1 is Earth-Prime. It is the one Earth that is connected to all other Earths in the multiverse. And this device that will be powered by their race will literally tear apart every other universe, leaving Earth-Prime as the only one. Right. So... One Earth that he has to conquer because he's destroyed all others. Uh, and it gets to the point, obviously, where Barry just wants vengeance so badly that he's willing to raise Zoom no matter what the stakes are, not realizing it's everybody's life at stake, not just his own. And we finally get to see that, that point that we saw in a lot of previews of Barry being locked up in the Ark. Uh, uh, not the Ark. Um, in Star Labs. Yeah. I mean, it's the point where, you know, it's Joe was having this conversation with him that is just kind of like, you need to calm the hell down and let us deal with this right now until you are, you know, a little bit more level and you can think a little bit more clearly on how you want to go about this because everybody's just afraid that he's going to rush off to his death. Yeah. Um, and you see, you know, once he is locked up by everybody from the Star Labs team, including Iris and Joe, um, that it's just you know, their thought process is they will find a way to take on Zoom and keep Barry safe, which goes incredibly poorly. So, yes, exactly. Um, you know, obviously, with with things the way they were in last week's episode, the way last week's episode ended, we now know that Wally does know that Barry is the Flash, uh, which it which they he does confront Barry on this, um, you know, and it, it goes pretty well. To, you know, to for the sake of, you know, the conversation that those two have. Uh, but I mean, obviously, before the, the terms of the race are agreed upon, we do see a scene where Barry and Zoom pretty much go at it in the city um, in which we see another time remnant of Zoom, which becomes very important to the story later on in the episode. Yeah, I mean, and with his confrontation and he actually catches you know, zoom and in the process of him trying to make a decision if he's going to kill him or not, the other, you know, the other version of zoom comes into play, kills the time remnant that Barry was about to, you know, pretty much just wipe off the face of the planet. And it was a zoom kind of being like, yep, sorry. You know, you have to be willing to die for what you're attempting to achieve. He's like, hence why he has no problem killing other variations of himself. Yes. Exactly. And again, very, very big, important 
point, especially as we build towards the end. But. Yes. Um, so some other moments that have happened um, before, because obviously we want to save what happens at the end for the end of this conversation. We don't want to jump right to the end like we did with Arrow, uh, because there's th- this episode is full of great moments, and I'm trying to so many so that I can't like I'm, I'm having I'm struggling trying to like pinpoint. <laughs> it's, it's the last ten or fifteen minutes of this episode is just packed. Yeah, so I, we'll, we'll just get to that pretty much pretty quick here because the last real big major two points that lead us to this last end moment is as the Star Labs crew and Team Flash kind of all pull together to attempt to take out Zoom without the help of Barry. Uh, we see Caitlin kind of trying to lure Zoom in, um, kind of saying, "Hey, I'll, I'll be willing to switch over to your side." While you know Cisco and Harrison and Joe are pretty much prepared to try to find a way to take him down. Yeah. Um, you know, Zoom obviously doesn't fall for the trick and ends up capturing Joe in the process, kind of leaving the team at a loss. Um, you see him take him back to Earth, too, and their thought process is we'll do everything in our power to make sure that there's no way for him to come back from Earth, too. Um, which pretty much comes to head when Wally finds out that Joe's gone uh, and basically gets him to the point of saying, hell with it, This I wasn't part of this decision. He frees Barry from his cell in uh, Star Labs. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> fairly intense kind of emotional moment of Barry that's kind of like, I'm not losing the last person that's – one of the last people that's that important to me. About. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's him basically not being able to accept the idea of losing, yet again, uh, like a second father in his life. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, you know, there's a lot of uh, – I, I thought it was really cool – that Caitlin, uh, that was a hologram the whole time. I, I didn't even think of it. Yeah, I mean, I love how you. they did it. I mean, it was just that little thing that they did earlier on when, you know, Barry lost his powers and they were projecting the hologram through the city of showing him that uh, still being able to kind of quote unquote save the city. But but yeah, it was a great idea and a great callback to that. It was one of those things you didn't kind of expect. You didn't know what was going to happen with it, but it was uh, it was it was it was smart writing. Yes, exactly. Um but it was also cool to see that, you know, this team, for the most part, they could they could survive and they could work together without Barry. So, I mean, it, it proves the strength of this team of characters that even without Barry, they came up with a plan. They almost did it. Uh, but again, you know, things went wrong and, and Zoom was able to get away. Uh, so was there anything else between before the end that I'm forgetting I mean, I think that really kind of covers the the major points leading up to the kind of the last final fight of all this. I mean, it's the whole idea that the new terms at the start of the fight are basically, you know, once they do agree that Barry will race against Zoom to attempt to stop the destruction of the multiverse, um, that if he can beat Zoom, he'll also release Joe. Um, And we did find out a little bit more about the man in the Iron Mask at this point prior to. Um, that Zoom's main reason for having him locked away was this flash from another world that he just could not dream of his powers. We 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 knew this at this point that, yes, this is another speedster, which was leaving still questions in our air, you know, as far as why, but it was he wanted him as a trophy that he had beat him. He had stopped him. Even if he couldn't take the speed force from him, this is kind of the way that he can kind of 
always hold this over this person. And that was his goal for Barry as well. It wasn't killing Barry. It was locking him away and just making him yet again another trophy. Well, I think at this point, too, we're, it's also been revealed that the man in the Iron Mask is indeed Jay Garrick. We just aren't. We just don't know who it is underneath the man in the Iron Mask. Uh, they didn't say Jay Garrick yet at that point. Oh, we, I, th- we... I think he did because he started tapping on the glass back. To him. Oh, okay. So he did say the name Jay Garrick. Okay. Uh, in that conversation, so we do know because I remember watching the episode, realizing at that moment, I'm like, okay, we're right on half of this prediction. Now we just got to wait until the mask is off to find out if it's John Wesley Ship, which we had been predicting. Right. So we did know at that point that it was Jay Garrick, but we didn't know who it was. It could have been Teddy Sears. It could have been Jay Wes- John Wesley Ship. It could have been somebody completely different. Um, you know, so uh, we do we do find out at this point that it is Jay Garrick, and we also find out I think at this point too that it is not Earth One or Earth Two. This is an Earth Three character. Yeah, and they they didn't get into that quite yet, but they did to say through his travels through the multiverse, just finding on another another Earth, an additional Earth. Yes, it wasn't Earth one or Earth two. This is a character from now yet another Earth that we have not been to as of yet. Right, Uh, you're right. We don't find out Earth three until the very end of the episode. Right, Um, but I guess let's get into the big part of let's get into the finale of this finale. Uh, that being the race, uh, you know, obviously the new terms of the race are that they will they will race each other. They know they're powering up this device. Uh, so either Zoom wins and the multiverses are torn apart or Barry stops Zoom from completing the rotations that is needed to start this device. Uh, so the two of them obviously start to racing. And I do have to say not as emotional as a as his mother saying it. But it was really awesome hearing yet again, run, Barry, run. Oh, and coming from Tony Todd's Zoom voice was just creepy and eerie and fun. I but, loved it. But awesome. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was so cool. Um, I, God, we're talking about this finale and I want to watch it again. I know. I actually watched it again this morning. So. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I thought about it and I didn't watch it. I, I might watch it again when we're done recording. But, um, you know, so we, we find out it takes 500 rotations around this device to produce, I think it was one gigawatt of power. Uh, and they needed, I forget how many gigawatts, but as fast as I, they run. They, they needed, I think they said roughly 500 rotations. Um, so I think that's what the kind oh, of- one rotation was a gigawatt and they needed right. 500 rotations around. That's right. But, but at the speed that these two run, that was going to take no time at all. I mean, right. You know, uh, so the race starts to go, they start to run around and as they're going around, we see a time remnant, but this time, not of zoom mm-hmm. this time of Barry. Uh, Barry has created a time remnant of himself this time around uh, and is used to uh, while the time remnant is racing Zoom, Barry runs off and rescues Joe. And at this point, shortly afterwards, Zoom realizes that this is a time remnant and not Barry himself. Right. Which leaves Zoom to kind of I guess I guess the best way we can call it is. You know, Barry Prime. <laughs> yes. So Barry Prime and Zoom begin duking it out while the Time Remnant continues to run his laps around uh, the Pulsar and then decides the best thing for him to do was to kind of send a spike through it um, by going around one of the Prime mechanisms and kind of starts his own pulse. 
So, which uh, the team flash quickly states that this is going to kill him. There's no way that he will not be able, he will not die in the process of this. And kind of seeing that classic iconic shot of Barry running at full speed and you see him just ripped apart basically by the speed force. Yes. Uh, which goes back to the, you know, as a callback to early on in the episode where Zoom told him, you know, you, you're not willing to die. Uh, you're not willing to sacrifice, you know, in order to save everybody. But in this case, that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and it was beautiful, beautiful to watch that shot, though, too, because it, it looked like the panels I always thought of when I thought of Crisis on Infinite Earths as a kid and the death of Barry Allen. Um, I mean, we kind of got nods to that earlier in the season. The first time they dealt with the time wraiths where the life is getting sucked out of him and you see that kind of hollowed out look on Flash that you remember in the comic books. But here we got to see that happen and him just kind of slowly disintegrate and rip the part. Yes, uh, but oddly enough, I'm glad you brought up the time raids because mm-hmm. this is the ultimate conclusion to this battle. Uh, while Barry Prime and Zoom are duking it out, and Barry Prime gets the upper hand, which was great, by the way. He literally did as Iris told him and kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he has Zoom at his, you know, at the end of his fist, and Zoom tells him, "You, you're the hero. You're not willing to kill me." Uh, and at that point, the hole in time opens up, out come the time rates, and Barry says, I don't have to. Exactly. This is the moment that the time rates do what needs to be done. And we get to see yet another awesome moment that looked like a frame out of a comic book. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and it actually it, it alludes to something massive in the Flash world, too. And we get to see a transformation of Zoom into something much more interesting that I didn't think we'd ever see. Into the Black Flash. Yes. We uh, see his emblem turn white, his lightning bolt go red. Same with the ones on the, his side of his cowl as he kind of becomes zombified as the race are carrying him into, you know, the time stream. And it is very, very clearly the Black Flash. Yes. Which and is- I love the fact that they did that. I was just giddy, like just laughing and just happy as could be. That Oh, I was there exactly when you saw did. it. Oh, I know. I was <laughs> so pumped that they did that. Yeah, it was it was an awesome homage. A, a, a lot of great homages to, uh, you know, the comic books in just those final moments of of that battle, which was really, really awesome. Uh, so obviously we see the pulsar stopped by the spike from the the time remnant of Barry. Zoom is carried off by the time raids and the multiverse multiverse is saved. So obviously the next thing that we see is the fact that um, we are back in Star Labs and we get to see Wells and Cisco arguing like kids uh, over the tools that they're using to remove the iron mask from the man in the iron mask. And this whole time, it's it's a very short time. It's maybe only 30 seconds. Um, I'm I have so much anticipation because I'm I'm just dying to know if our prediction was correct. And our predi- and we were <laughs> and our prediction was correct. John Wesley ship was Jay Garrick, which, of course, hits Barry very hard because he's seeing his father who was just, you know, who was just killed. And we do find out from Jay that he is indeed from Earth-3. So it sounds like the JSA is indeed an Earth-3 uh, group of characters. So that ties us nicely back into DC uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. So, so we do get to see him suit up after he cracks the Iron Mask after stating he never wants to see that ever again. 
Uh, we see him suit up in a very more traditional version of the Jay Garrick costume, which looks fantastic. And it was so great to see oh, Jonathan Lee ship in yeah. that suit. It was so wonderful to see him in that suit. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and it's funny, too, because I have my cosplay of Jay Garrick from, you know, the Teddy Sears version of Jay Garrick. Uh, and now I'm looking at that costume and I'm like, I want that one. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I love it. Mine, I, but I want that one. I love that he takes the kettle kettle helmet from from uh, Harry and, uh, you know, it says, I'm going to take something from him. And yes. I love that they brought up on Earth, too, that that helmet symbolized hope, um, which is, uh, you know, you see him don it and it does, it's just this perfect hero shot. It's yes. just this perfectly wonderful hero shot. Um, this, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say we didn't mention either that, you know, um, you know, Zoom never took Jay Garrick's Speed Force. Uh, but the reason as to why he didn't have his Speed Force and he was locked up was because, as Cisco reveals, there was actually a dampener in that Iron Mask that prevented him from using the Speed Force as long as he was wearing it. Right. And then, like I said, it also brings up another major point here with Harry is uh, as they free the man of the Iron Mask, him and Jesse decided it is time to return to Earth 2. So we see Jay, uh, Harry, and Jesse kind of pull together, say their goodbyes, and they, you know, Cisco opens a portal to Earth too, and we see them dart away. Um, yeah, as far as those, uh, I want to, I want to focus on that for just a second. Um, I loved that moment of Harry saying his goodbyes. Yeah, um, his goodbye to Cisco was great. Uh, you know, don't be surprised if I vibe over to Earth two and. Throw things, things from your desk, right? Or throw things across the room. Um, I loved his goodbye to Barry. Uh, you know that I'm a better man than I was when I got here, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm a better version of myself. Um, you know, and I also loved that the moment that we see Jay Garrick grab on to Jesse and Harry, the kettle helmet is kind of cocked <laughs> to the side. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I just loved that. I did too. It was, it was just him just being really like laid back and chill. And it was just, it made you chuckle. It was just fun. It was, again, it was just that, it was just a, a shot that you just, just laughed out loud when you saw it. Yes, exactly. But it was just a smirk on John Wesley Ship's face. It was just, everything about that shot was perfect. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and Jay Garrick carries them through the threshold back to Earth 2, in which uh, Harry revealed that he would help Jay Garrick get back to Earth 3. So, um, fast forward now to the, obviously, the end of the episode, which I didn't know where they were going to go with this into Season 3. Uh, but once... A certain moment hit. I knew exactly where it was going. Uh, we see the family gathered together back with, you know, obviously minus Jesse and uh, Wells. Uh, we see them all together at Barry's house having dinner. Barry does leave and and walks outside to be by himself in which Iris follows him outside. And they talk more about their relationship and how they want to. Iris wants to give things a chance. She reveals that she actually does love him, using those words, as a matter of fact. Uh, Barry reveals that he loves her as well, but he's a broken person. He, he can't, he's not the person that he needs to be. It's not fair to Iris to pursue this relationship. Uh, so Iris reveals that she's willing to wait because that's all Barry has done for her. She's willing to rate in, wait in return. And we finally get a kiss between Barry and Iris. So, but 
in that moment, uh, we hear the words Barry says that, which is why I'm sorry. I don't know the exact words that he used, but he apologizes for what he's going to do. Uh, And then in that moment, he runs off. We see him go through the portal. And in that moment, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew exactly what was going to happen as well. (laughs) We, We see him enter his childhood home as a version of himself. And, you know, reverse flash are darting around his mother. Uh, You know, you see the other version of himself that was there that we saw from the end of the last season, save the younger version of himself. (laughs) Yes. And clear as day as the room is cleared for the most point of the other flashes that uh, he's going to do battle with Harrison. We actually have four versions of Barry in it. Well, it's not it's not Harrison at this. Or not point. Harrison. Eobard. It is actually the the original Eobard. Yes. Is it four versions or three? I think it's only three. Well, we have kid version. <laughs> we have oh kid version. The, you're right. There's four. Okay. We have our current Barry from this season, and we have the one from last season that's there that was about to actually attempt to save his mother from the finale of season one, kind of yes. looking in and about to make a move. Yeah. Four versions of Barry. Three versions of the Flash. Yes. Okay. Um, and you're right. He stops Eobard, the reverse flash, from killing his mother, uh, which in essence you see the version of him from season one completely disappear from the timeline. Yeah. Uh, because now the timeline has changed. Completely. Um, Welcome his, to Flashpoint, everybody. Yes, that's exactly right. That is the the, the great words to use. Welcome to Flashpoint. We've we've made recommendations in DC Essentials about Flashpoint, both the animated movie and the comic book series. Uh, I am actually going back and rereading the entire Flashpoint series, not just the uh, the main points. I'm actually reading every issue that has to do with Flashpoint to gear up for season three. Uh, but you know, we're now entering into Flashpoint. The timeline is going to be completely changed. His mother is alive. His father is alive, and Barry is not going to be the Flash. Yeah, it's going to raise a lot of questions. And we're not, like I said, we're not going to get into that today just because we are going to be doing the annual in just a few weeks and we will get heavy into that stuff. And we're going to do it with two people that know this stuff incredibly well. So, like I said, our friends from DCR will be there with us as we break this down because this is a lot to break down. And it's easily going to be one of those episodes that we're going to be digging in deep and talking about this at great length. And what this really means for actually not just The Flash, but will this impact the rest of these these shows yeah will this impact arrow will this impact legend i don't think it would have as big a pact an impact on legends of tomorrow because they're all through time and space so i don't really affect it supergirl's on another earth so i i'm pretty confident it's not going to affect supergirl i think arrow would probably be the show that this has the impact on if any yeah so uh but yeah um it begs the question too and uh, this is more a morality question this isn't anything pertaining to the comics or anything like that so it's not ruining anything for the annual that we'll be doing in a couple weeks but if put in the same situation your mother was killed when you were younger your father was just killed and you had the ability to go through time and fix this would you do it i think that's a tricky question too because that's kind of like if you go back in time and kill hitler it's one of those ones everything changes you know yeah I mean, that is a huge morality question, and I think it's better left to to say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I generally don't know. That's that's so much weighing of all of the options. So, 
So, uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the episodes of this week, obviously, because there is no new episode next week. We won't see anything until September when the new seasons start back up. Uh, but as you know, Rob had mentioned and I had mentioned earlier too, over the course of the next couple weeks uh, to the next month or so, we will be doing our annual episodes where we will spend one week pretty much just going over uh, the highs and lows of the uh, of the entire season. So our annual, our arrow annual will focus on all of season four, flash, all of season two legends of tomorrow, all of season one and Supergirl, all of season one. And we'll have some return guests coming back for those annuals as well. As Robin mentioned, uh, you know, the guys from DCR are going to be joining us for the flash annual. Uh, our buddy Craig Lagans is going to be coming back for the arrow annual. Our buddy TJ is going to be coming back for the Supergirl annual. And I think we're still trying to iron out details for legends, but we will have somebody coming back. Yeah. Uh, for legends so with that being said before we get into news and which is very light very yes very, light. very very light uh let's jump into rebirth okay let's for do a couple minutes um i've read it twice actually because i will admit it was a little confusing to me in the beginning uh only because i wasn't familiar with a lot of the the previous work uh but in rereading it it did become a little bit more understanding to me and uh, apologize again this is a spoiler full um podcast you know that by now so if you have not read rebirth um you could probably skip ahead a couple minutes uh but or come back to this uh, and after rereading rebirth you can knock it out in about an hour if if that i would uh, say 30 yeah 30 minutes like yeah. even, even if you're a slow comic reader yeah like it shouldn't take you much more than a half hour to get through yeah. pause the podcast buy it on comicsology it's three dollars and then restart and listen to this um but i i loved it i thought it was great and it, it it is definitely getting me to the point where i'm jumping back in yeah to comic and books they they did a beautiful thing and like i said the, it starts one of the best ways is you see a yellow you know text panel with red lettering saying i love this earth but there's something there's something missing and we quickly find out on who is narrating this tale and it's classic wally west from you know, the pre, uh, pre-Flashpoint universe, which is a character that's been missing basically for five years. We have a, another Wally West in the current timeline, which is more in line with the version that we see on the TV show. Yes. Um, but now, like I said, it's him stuck in the Speed Force trying to find an anchor back home uh, after realizing what has really changed. And it's quickly the best way to kind of recap this because there's a lot to unpack here so we're going to kind of do this lately because i think this is one of the things you really should read for yourself um but we do see his whole purpose is he's realized 10 years has been, have been taken away from the heroes of the dc universe uh, so heroes that were legends are just heroes sidekicks barely that are you know becoming next parts of legacies are still getting their feet wet uh, relationships and marriages that have happened have not happened. All these things. And it's just the idea of loss. Yeah. This whole, whole book is about loss and kind of the darkness kind of overcoming people and a way to bring back the hope, which is kind of a big allegory for what a lot of people have thought about the New 52, um, where it's been a very darker story. A lot of the characters haven't had these iconic moments that we loved when we were growing up. Um and a lot of character legacies that we've seen with the passing of torches to different people just never happened. And it was a wonderful way for them to pull that all together. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's 
and I loved the fact that out of all the different people, you know, Wally visits to try and find an anchor into it. I mean, he's literally he by the end of this, he's given up like he's ready. He's about to be consumed by the time force, which means he's gone. He's gone forever. Uh, but I love the fact that the one anchor that he finds is the Flash. It's it's Barry. Um, or at least, you know, that version of Barry, who at first doesn't remember who he is, but all of a sudden it clicks and at the very last moment grabs onto Wally and pulls him from the Speed Force. Yeah, and, and there's some other beautiful moments, too. You see him visit Batman. You see him, and the one that I think is the most crushing is, and, and to kind of put this in, into perspective, is this book is kind of broken into chapters, and the chapter called Love is probably the most touching. Yes, um, but he, you know, Wally has been married to Linda Park, which if you watch The Flash, you remember Linda, who works at the Central City Picture News uh, that we saw Barry date in season one. Uh, we saw her doppelgangers, Dr. Light from Earth 2. But they've been married for a very long time, and Linda doesn't even remember who he is. And watching that kind of consume Wally was very intense. But on top of that, though, you even get to see things happen, like Mara and Aquaman finally coming back together. They, they reference, you know... Uh, Black Canary and Oliver Queen that they they never were together in the New Fifty Two and show that they realized that they've been missing something. All these little things, and it was this very beautiful mid chapter of this book that I think I've gone back and reread like three times now. But yeah, the, with him finally anchoring to Barry was amazing. I loved him actually just watching from the Speed Force, watching him save you know the Flash, save people and being happy about doing it, and just yeah. having a smile on his face and all these things. It was this very, very touching um, – these touching moments that make you realize why The Flash is such a good character. Yeah. One, one of the other things that I enjoyed about it too was the fact that I'm, I'm – while reading this, I was seeing characters that now thanks to the television shows I'm familiar with. You know, we saw um, you know, Ray Palmer as the Atom. We saw you know, Blue Beetle. We saw – cyborg we saw a, a a great deal of these characters that i wasn't too familiar with before i didn't really know who ray palmer was before legends of tomorrow i'll completely admit that you know but, but now reading this i knew exactly who he was when it came to that point in the comic book yeah and it, you it was amazing you got to see ryan Choi, who became the second adam after ray palmer finally now getting to be that legacy character and taking the the size changing belt and being able to have to go into the microverse to save ray uh, you saw Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, talking to Ted Cord. Talking to Ted Cord, yeah, which, I which is was somebody great. that's been gone for so long, and it was great to see him on a page again. Like all these little moments that were just very, very special, and it was all these reminders of the things we actually did lose in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm highly looking forward to. I know Comicsology, the version that I bought, that they have, they show all the covers of the upcoming issues that are going to be coming out of the new rebirth series. Um, you know, there's going to be, uh, a number of different versions of Batman comics that are coming yeah. out of this, uh, Batman detective comics, Batgirl, Nightwing, all-star Batman and Batgirl and the birds of prey. Uh, a number of Superman, Wonder Woman with, you know, from action comics, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of Justice League that's coming out and a number of others, including Hellblazer, Deathstroke, Suicide Squad, Blue Beetle. I'm this is going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> well, the big thing that we can tell everybody is when you read that book, find the characters that seem interesting to you and then 
do a little reading, find out what the books are going to be about, or these characters that you have an interest in. Like, you know, we're seeing the return of the classic Titans, which I'm so pumped about. Um, you know, a new Teen Titans team led by Damian Wayne, uh, all, all these things. So do a little reading first, find out what you want to check out. And then every one of these books has a rebirth number one special before their, you know, books go into play. So, you know, take a chance, pick up a couple of them, find out which ones speak to you and, you know, maybe carry on with their books as a whole. But I would say, say the best thing to do is if you don't have a problem dropping a little bit of money, pick up all the rebirth number one specials, find out which one you enjoy and then go from there. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to read all of them because not every book is going to speak to you. Yeah, and the best thing about all this too uh, is the fact that DC has gone back to their two ninety nine price point for these comics, so it's not a large, <clears throat> it's not a large investment. Right. Yeah. Well, the only different this. thing is to remember some is the, some of these books are going to ship bi monthly now, so it's going to be two issues of just Batman or two issues of Detective Comics coming out every month. So. So that does that can add up quickly for people. So again, do a little homework. Uh, I mean, and we haven't even touched the major point of rebirth yet, which no. is <laughs> well. Do we for, want to reveal that, or do we want to leave that as the one spoiler free thing we leave for the comic books? You know, I think for people we'll, who read, we'll, we'll leave that. But we can say at least there are, and we're not going to go into it here. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more. Maybe with uh, you know Sean and Brian when they're on. But uh, you know, obviously. You know, you, we get big changing moments for not even just Batman or the Flash, but Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman in this as well. Um, you know, we do have the death of the new 52 Superman and the original pre-Flashpoint Superman still existing in that world, which he's been for quite some time in this universe. Uh, there was a Lois and Clark book that was been a, a wonderful read. And he will now be returning to the role of Superman. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman, we found out, has a twin brother, Jason, which is probably Jason and the Argonauts Jason, which is kind of an interesting twist. And uh, Batman finds out that Joker is not one person, but three. Yes. So lots of different things. And then the huge reveal at the end will let you all see for yourself. But it's uh, it's a comic book that has changed the industry. And it's amazing to see that this is now part of the DC universe. Yeah. Some people have been not happy about this, but I think it was a brilliant move. I think it, it's almost to the point where like, I honestly forgot that that comic book was a DC comic book. Mm-hmm. Like, it was I, a, yeah, one of the Vertigo imprints, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I almost, I forgot about that. So the fact that now we're going to see a, at least one character from this comic book incorporated into this, I'm hoping we get to see others. I we were point. We are definitely going to see others. Good. Um, I'm, I'm glad about that. So we, we, we definitely will. The last two panels is a definitely a couple panels is definitely a conversation between two of them. And it absolutely mimics the end of the book that they're from. So uh, the final pages, to be specific. Yes. So, uh, it, so it is a very awesome, awesome moment, though. Yeah. So if you haven't already, uh, go out, pick up, you know, DC Rebirth, give it a read. Uh, I, I'm telling you this as a person who's kind of fallen out of comic books and was never really into the DC comic books. I loved this book and I highly recommend it. So that's saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, let's just kick into the news real quick because I got to get ready to get out of here. So, yeah. uh, um, again, not much. Uh, I'll reveal mine and then I'll let you reveal yours. And then up. we'll go through that. Uh, just sticking with Flash news. Uh, it has been revealed that Tom Cavanaugh will return as a series regular in the Flash season three. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this season has come and gone. You know, come and gone. We've seen Harry 
Harrison Wells say say his goodbyes and return to Earth to uh but somehow in season three or one form or another, we will see Tom Cavanaugh's character return for season three. And most likely it's gonna be classic Earth One before Eobard, and then it's also probably gonna be Earth Two. I yes. would expect we're gonna see both of them. That's what I would think. Um Okay. Uh what else do you have? Uh that's all I have. <laughs> like I said, late week. Yes. Uh, the other stuff we have here, if you're interested still in Suicide Squad, there have been a couple behind-the-scenes featurettes released online, some of them going into the scoring and the music, some of them just uh, going through the sets, and as far as some of the weapons we're going to see unveiled in the film. Uh, on top of the Su- Suicide Squad news, uh, Warner Brothers is incredibly interested in doing additional spinoffs, not just the Harley Quinn one, what we talked about last week, but uh, talks of potentially a Joker spinoff film, and they said they're incredibly high on uh, Captain Boomerang. And also a Suicide Squad sequel, which we have talked about in the past. That seemed like it was already greenlit. But uh, nothing set in stone for any of them yet, but kind of interesting to see. Uh, also in the film universe, we did find out that producer Charles Roven uh, is going to be most likely being shifted away from the DC films. Uh, the man has actually been producer since Batman Begins on most of the DC films. Uh, he is still continuing to do some work on Justice League, uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman, but this is probably, again, them trying to completely change gears is in the middle of their course correct, um, where we're going to see people like jo- uh, Jeff Johns and Berg kind of step in and take over those duties and he'll be shifting probably more to an executive producer role, if not moving just to different projects at Warner Brothers. So I think this is also another positive news that they just know that there's a lot of changes they need to make behind the scenes, and this is them continuing to address them. Um, And uh, I think the last big story we have is uh, where we don't normally do news here. We have been talking about adding this show to our lineup, but uh, we did find out a few more villains joining Gotham for season three. Those being Mad Hatter, uh, the Tweedle Brothers, Talon from the Court of Owls, and Solomon Grundy, who we've already seen on Arrow. So kind of exciting. Yeah, it's it's getting me hyped to actually restart this show, which I need to do anyway. Yeah. So um, recommendations for this week. Uh, mine's pretty simple. I'm just, again, I'm, re- I'm re-recommending Rebirth as we did last week. Uh, I think that's probably the strongest one that i can make a recommendation for this week yeah and uh, i think for uh for me it's gonna be go back naturally from last week check out the first episode of preacher which i still have have to do and uh, on top of that if you're in philadelphia next weekend make sure you head over to wizard world saturday 6 p.m me ben uh our friend chris maddox and uh, a couple other people i believe and come see us on the marvel versus dc i think a dawn of nerddom um, panel that will be happening, which uh, we're really looking forward to. Yes. If you're in the Philadelphia area, please definitely come on out to that panel. If you're at wizard world, stop by and see us say hi afterwards. Cause we'd always love to, to meet the listeners. Uh, if you're not in the Philadelphia area, uh, I guess we're going to reveal this now, right? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Next week for the podcast for DC Primetime, as long as everything works out the way it should be, uh, next week's episode of DC Primetime will be, in fact, the panel from Wizard World. We will have the audio, hopefully have the audio from the panel, and we will, that will actually be our podcast next week. So it'll be about a 40 to 45 minute long uh panel audio that you will hear as our episode next week and then after that we will begin with our annual episodes right and in case that that panel audio doesn't turn out we will do a episode next week it might be in a micro episode that'll be releasing late probably on like something like a tuesday um but we will try to make sure that you guys have at least something from us next week regardless yeah Yeah, absolutely we'll still have something next week 
but yeah, like I said, no recommendations, no news if we do the uh, one next week. So it'll just purely be the panel. So. Yeah, but I'm excited for the panel. I'm I'm really excited for the panel. Mm-hmm. So, and we're excited, of course, for the listeners to hear it as well, yeah. too, hopefully, as that works out. Uh, but cheap plugs so we can get out of here. Uh, of course, you can check me out as well as all of the other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network on our website, www.nextlevelradioonline.com. Follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio. Uh, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline, which I highly encourage because we are going to do a lot of Facebook Live events on that page from Wizard World, including the panels and a red carpet premiere that I'm going to with Stephen Amell, uh, in which I will. The plan is right now we will be interviewing Stephen Amell on the red carpet, and we will absolutely be Facebook living that. So if you want to check that out, give us a like on the Next Level Podcast Network Facebook page, which is again Facebook.com/slash/NextLevelRadioOnline.com. And you can always find me at Caffeine Crew, which is just caffeinecrew.com and Caffeine Crew on Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to email me, that's uh, the Caffeine Crew at gmail.com. As always, you can reach out to me and Ben on this show at DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. And uh, we always say every week special thanks to George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com for his music that we hear every week, that intro and outro. And uh, again, uh, it was we're really pumped about next week, and we really hope we uh, get to see a couple of you there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap up this issue of DC Prime Time. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend, and we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>